Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. You are listening to Ted Siakopoulos, who's CMHC Ontario Regional Economist. This is Linda Pinizzato of the uh, Condo Expert. You know, Ted, we talked a little bit about what SAR, SAR data. I mean, I know that that's a, a, a key resource for Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation and how, I guess, economists then find their particular information. Maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that. SAR is a technical term. We actually went out a few years ago and presented some of these terms to the realtor community just to make it a little more uh, digested, uh, digestible, I guess. Uh, what SAR is, is it's actually qu- quite a simple topic, concept. We know that housing is seasonal. So uh, we have to be very careful when we compare April data with May data. This sort of month-over-month comparison can be very, very tricky, or April to December. Uh, the reason it's tricky is because we know that people like shopping for a home in the spring, and they don't do a lot of uh, home shopping in December. So to make the data comparable between April and December, what we do is is we go in and we strip out the seasonality right? so right. that we can make an apples-to-apples comparison month over month. And so that's what season, SAR is, seasonally adjust. We just strip out the seasonality right. to be able to make that apples-to-apples comparison, and then we annualize the data to say, hey, if we sustain this pace of uh, activity for the rest of the year, what is that annual number going to look like? Exactly. You know? So it's not that difficult. We hear a lot about this year-over-year comparisons, and those are great. It's comparing June of this year or, let's say, January of this year to January of last year. Those are good comparisons to make. But if you're looking at buying in the, in, in the next few months, what you may want to know is, is, What's happened on a trend, seasonally adjusted basis, since the fourth quarter? Okay, And what we're seeing, uh, Linda, is that we're starting to see sales stabilize in January. Whether you look at year over year or you know, month over month, there's some evidence here that sales are starting to stabilize, and we're seeing the same on the price front. So it's telling us that you know, this isn't the sky falling here. It's very much in line with our expectations. And so that's certainly good news. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you take a look at it, I I saw some facts here, net migration. I mean, with the amount of uh, new migrants coming into the province, it's uh, it's interesting because, I mean, they do gear themselves more so towards the rental market. Yes. And not home ownership. But then again, you've got to have ownership in order for you to have the rental market. So I guess that would open up the door then to um, investors that want to buy condominiums in particular. There seems to be as well with your data is the the separation between a single family home versus a multifamily dwelling. So as far as condominiums would be concerned. Yeah. And we certainly up to this point been talking about the broader housing market, but certainly condos are, are, have been a, a popular housing type in recent years. We do know that migration is a big factor driving housing. Uh, when you immigrants come in, yes, they rent. But a number of them actually purchase a condo as well. We've seen it in the data. In recent years, we've seen a lot more investors purchasing condos. But 
you really need population growth to drive housing demand. While we're not attracting Canadians from other parts of the country in, into Ontario, we're certainly getting immigrants. Not as many as we perhaps uh, were getting 10 years ago, but international migrants continue to come into the country. Canada is seen as a safe economic, political uh, nation. So uh, we're attracting uh, a lot more uh, uh, international migrants, and certainly that's good news for housing moving forward. So, I mean, if we look at employment, if we look at interest rates, if we look at migration, none of these indicators are sending off alarm bells that, hey, you know, we're headed for a housing crash or a real, we've, you know, we're going to continue to see this downturn resume for a good part of a year, two years. That's not what the data is telling us. It's telling us that things should stabilize, and, and we're starting to see that in the data. So, yeah, excellent. Well, yeah. going through all of the data, I agree with you, Ted. <laughs> I was looking at it, and you know, right off the tip of my mind comes in affordable housing. I mean, how often do you see the words affordable housing? The interesting part is some of the multi-family properties like condominiums still create affordable housing, yeah. and there is a very low vacancy rate. Uh, interesting, and there's an extremely low supply of rental buildings. And that is a very good point. Everyone is is focusing on the amount of investment buying that's taken place and looking at all of the condos that are going up and uh, reaching a conclusion that, you know, this market is oversupplied. Let's put the numbers, let's throw the facts out for a moment. The GTA creates about thirty five to 40,000 new households every year. We're building 10,000 new detached homes every year. So there's a twenty-five to 30,000 gap there. Where are these households going to go? They need shelter. They need, they need some type of housing. Yes, some of them will buy a new semi, but a larger share in recent years have flocked to either condo ownership or perhaps renting a condo. So all of this investment buying that we're seeing isn't necessarily, it's very easy to reach the conclusion, hey, these are speculators. They're in there for a quick flip, they're gone. The reality is, is that the condo investor is filling a very important void in the marketplace. And that is, is we're not building the kind of rental we used to build 20 to 30 years ago. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not building to the same degree. And, but we're creating new renter households every year. These people need to live somewhere. And so increasingly, they are, in some cases, opting for a, to rent a new condo. And there's demand for condominium rentals because the vacancy rate is so low. It's sitting at, you know, just, just over uh, 1%. So it, it's, things are happening for a reason. Very easy to look at the dark side. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to put the numbers in perspective. And that's what we try to do. So Exactly. And then, you know, if you, you take a look at the other side of it, then you've got your demand from your aging baby boomers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the younger first-time home buyers that are coming into the market, young professionals, yeah. Yeah. you know, never mind company transfers and so on, which don't really take a large percentage. But if you're taking the, the natural turnaround that you would have in a mar- market effect, and that's whether you're upsizing or downsizing, at the end of the day, it all seems to come right back to condominiums. It's uh, Linda, quite interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what you're yeah. getting at here is um, an analogy that uh-huh. I've made with condos. Uh, before joining CMHC, I was analyzing 
I was in the investment management world, so I was in the financial market mm-hmm. side of things. And, you know, the condo market today resembles a balanced mutual fund, and I've made that analogy before. Yeah. So why does it look like a balanced mutual fund? Well, let's think about who's buying and the diversity of buyers who are taking an interest in condos today is is absolutely it's just far different than the kind of buying that was happening in the late 80s early 90s in the early, late 80s early 90s we were seeing one kind of buyer and that was speculator right condo yes. yeah. of, you know people purchasing condos for the purpose of flipping that condo today we've got first time buyers we've got repeat but we've got families going in We've got empty nesters, uh, households age 55 to 60, who see themselves perhaps retiring in the next 5, 10, 15 years. They don't want to wait. They'll rather purchase the condo at a modest price today, perhaps rent it out until they're ready and able to move into it in 5, 10 years' time. So we've got empty nesters. We've got domestic investors. We've got foreign investors. So what's my point here? The point is, is that if any one of these buying segments exits the market, there's someone else there to mm-hmm. pick up the slack to, to, you know, there's always a buyer there ready. And this is why I think the um, diversity of uh, buyers in the condo market is a really, uh, in a way, a stabilizing effect. Anyhow, that's the analogy that I, I've used. I totally, you know, it's interesting because uh, that was one, as you know, I started. I'm the founder of the Condo Owners Association. And I thought that in March of 2010, there was a definite need for a provincial association that could actually work with our government to provide knowledge and mm-hmm. be able to work with them so that they would understand the requirements that would be needed in the Condo Act. Because, you know, if you're looking at the future and you take a look at how much build right now, there's a lot more substantial building, more units out there in condominiums that are hitting the marketplace than there is on single-family homes. I've noticed that Oshawa was in the news the other day. And uh, again, they were saying that multifamily accounting for a large share of housing. And uh, then they were talking about the housing starts and they were going on percentages and so on. And it appears as if, you know, provincially, if you take a look at uh, like even urban centers and how mm-hmm. they're out- outperforming each other, yeah. how are you finding the yeah. condo market in some of those other areas? Well, believe it or not, the condo phenomenon isn't just a GTA phenomenon. Yeah. We're seeing a proliferation of activity, condo activity across the province. So we're seeing condo construction in places such as, you know, you're not going to believe this, but, you know, Sudbury, right? We were up there uh, That's so a people year ago. don't have to shovel the snow <laughs> off their roofs. So, I was in Sudbury yeah. and I, I was on a bus <laughs> and I yeah. saw people shoveling off the roof, I, I was completely blown away. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I want to move into a condo in Sudbury. In Sudbury yeah. <laughs> so Sudbury, we're seeing it. There is some interest even in Thunder Bay, Kitchener, Hamilton, mm-hmm. Ottawa. You know, these are communities that we tend to think of as low-density communities, but yet we're seeing higher-density development. Again, let's go back to the affordability aspect. But you touched on another factor. You know, we've been talking about the economics, the demographics, but the legislative environment has encouraged higher density because we're now required to build vertically, not horizontally. Exactly. Uh, we're, we, we are trying to preserve some of the greenfield, some of the land. And so there is a, there's a good reason why we're seeing 
cranes out there, why we're seeing high-density construction. It's not just about uh, investors who are speculating. I mean, certainly there are some, but I would say they're not the majority. There is a real reason why we are seeing Toronto leading uh, North America in in high-density construction. And I would say we're going to see this proliferation continue in other urban centers across the province. So Absolutely. Well, we're uh, talking today, this is Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert, and we're talking to Ted Siakopoulos, who is a CMHC Ontario Regional Economist. And fabulous discussion on where is Ontario right now, how's the housing market, condo versus semis and detaches, and where employment stands and so on. A lot of very important points. Please, uh, we'll be right back, so stay tuned.